Welcome to the Kind of an Expert podcast. My name is Corey Tyndall. I am your host, and I'm really excited for you guys to listen to this one. Today, I sat down with comedian Graham Cooper, uh, who approached me, actually, and really wanted to talk about plane crashes. I, at first, uh, not going to lie, a little bit worried if we could fill an hour, but uh, we did it. We And it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun talking to Graham. There's a lot of stuff uh, apparently I didn't know about plane crashes. Um, we also talked briefly about the coronavirus, which, you know, it's, it's in the news, so we had to get it out there. Um, but to follow Graham, you can find him at Graham Comedy on Instagram and Twitter, and you can see him uh, pretty much every night at the Grizzly Pear Comedy Club down in McDougal in Greenwich Village. Now let's get into the episode. not a big uh yeah not a big deal we'll just sweat it out we're gonna start doing hot yoga the middle of the uh wow we we're just That's talking good. about how pleasant you are That's on good, the radio right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right we're done this is over you're going okay. you're going home i appreciate it's you coming fun, out man i think thanks for uh, thanks for having me on the a train today and uh-huh. i really <laughs> i had a good time you know i was like let's bring him over here increase his chance of getting the coronavirus and then uh, I'm increase i have it i'm some of the carrier i'm a spreader you already have it oh i'm convinced what okay give me the symptoms i honestly don't know the symptoms of the coronavirus whatever i've got you know what do that's, you have? It's, uh, what got, are you infecting me with uh i i sneezed like twice yesterday <laughs> <laughs> and i was already like having like a little bit of a panic attack and i'm like this is it this is the end wow yeah that two percent that's gonna be me yeah probably i don't think I i'm mean, at risk but i yeah you are in the right demographic of being a young healthy uh man yeah that's the that's... they're most likely to die i hear <laughs> that's exactly right yeah yeah you know what i realized the other day actually is uh like like a computer virus hmm. uh well i guess let me let me go back further so like all these these uh different versions of the virus keep coming about because like it 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 crosses from one animal to another yeah so like this one came from a bat and it probably got something that bat probably got something from somewhere else and it like mutated and came over to us sure and so i was realizing like like right now computer viruses can't hurt humans but as we start putting more and more technology into our brain like literally we could get sick with a computer virus like it's going to be able to mutate and get into yeah us. that could be cool but it'd be a black be, mirror episode right there it'd be easier to treat i bet uh i don't know i mean you'd need like some sort of like immune system for your hardware because like a really bad virus can just fry your your computer right there, just like bam. Do you, you're done. Do you have, do you use antivirus software on your computer? Uh, not really. I forget. I don't want to. I think it was. I think it was McAfee or one of those companies. The founder. Yeah. Of one of those virus antivirus software companies. Uh-huh. He left years ago. From his company left and he left the company he's now oh, okay. just conspiracy theorist like <laughs> <laughs> and think, people might my brother believe, a lot of people believe him and they're like oh because he's the head of this guy like he knows right. security it's like no this dude's nuts like yeah yeah there's allegedly allegedly video of south american hookers shitting on him that would make a lot of sense <laughs> 
no no surprise in your voice you're like connected oh, yeah. in my head it's all like, making yeah. sense now yeah yeah that's no. john for i don't know this one. that's uh then that would track yeah i believe it but it's a it's interesting <laughs> this coronavirus is uh is interesting yeah people you know people people are worried i don't you know i think it'll be fine people being you I am worried. <laughs> <laughs> you were tell it. Uh, say for our for our listeners what you told me yesterday and <laughs> what my response was. What did I tell you? What you we talk like, a lot. I don't remember most of it. Yeah. Yeah, That's I true. just kind of tune you out sometimes. You were talking. How do you tune me out <laughs> while you're talking? <laughs> I was. Uh, I don't remember. You were pretty much. You were saying that, uh, like, you were afraid that you were going to be the oh, one oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. brought coronavirus to the comedy community, and you were going to be like shunned or whatever. I think that'd be really bad. I think it'd be kind of funny, but I think it'd be overall pretty bad if, like, I was the patient zero of comics because I'm not even like a good comic. So it'd be like yeah. it'd be like this fucking kid brought it. Great. Now we're all two of us, two percent of us are dead. You know. Yeah. Which yeah, like you raised a good point. You're like, well, that's some openings at clubs and spots and stuff. Right. But I don't think they're going to me. I think heavily competitive market. Well, it's all I think a I'm responsible. Down. So like, sure, if you kill all the seller comics, I think we're going to have a, a bigger problem. But let's say it's yeah. distributed evenly, and actually, it probably wouldn't be distributed ev- evenly because you spend most of your time at the pair at Greenwich and at open mics which Lantern means a lot, yeah. yeah you're really knocking out mostly low level comics that we're directly competing with it's not like you're at the cellar all the time no in fact I'm never there right uh, <laughs> so they're good the top level of communities uh, comedy is safe they'll be and safe. you're really just killing uh, you know people that uh, shouldn't really be doing it as long like they should have tried a couple open mics and then quit but they're still doing it yeah I, so so like you and you know Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm in that group. <laughs> no, I should have been off a while ago. I'm, yeah. I'm, appro- I'm approaching three years, and that's way too long for my talent level. My ceiling is... is low. Oh, my God. Oh, that's, I think it'll be fine. You know. The coronavirus thing? Yeah. Yeah. We'll be fine. I don't think I'm going to be the one to bring it to comedy. But, it, like, you know, I was, uh, I was at the diner the other day, mm-hmm. and, uh, I was there with Par- Daniel Parafan, who did your podcast, yep. and uh, and he was like, well, it's going to affect comics pretty quickly, because we interact with tourists a great deal. Yeah. A lot of us who bark deal with cash. Yep. That's like tourists touching things that you're touching, and mm-hmm. then we're all touching the same surfaces, and then bringing those surfaces quite close to our mouths yeah. to speak into. Mm-hmm. So once, I feel like once it gets in, or if it were to get in, in uh the comedy community it could it could it could really spread did you have this conversation with them last night by chance no it was a couple days ago oh, okay because i i said did the you same thing i had the, <laughs> okay. i said that exact same thing to him and i was like did that motherfucker steal <laughs> my shit oh i think man. the only saving grace is that most comics i know don't talk to anyone outside of comedy so that's kind of yeah it no. would be self-containing you know well except for right now because you know i have a real job with like a bunch of other people in the building yeah, you're fucked well these people are fucked yeah you'll be yeah yeah i don't know i feel like part of me is like like i ride the subway so often i haven't gotten sick in almost two years like like legitimately sick i got kind of sick after going to ecuador but like nothing serious and i think it's just because i interact with so many different germs every single day good immune system by now yeah that's kind of what i'm thinking we're like like i think if like i'm thinking 
old folks home in the Midwest where they see maybe four new people per yeah. month. One of those just rip right through it. Well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, well, what at what point in the city does it get to like at what point does it get bad in the, bad enough in the city where I jump ship and go down to like where my grandparents live in like middle of nowhere Georgia mm. but then I was like but they don't see anyone so if I had it like yeah. if I left I had, they'd uh, that'd be that'd be that'd be bad that's that's good game that's that's game over right there and yeah it would it would not not work out well for them where and would, I'd feel bad yeah so where would be the perfect place to go because you can't go too rural but you definitely don't want to stay in New York City Akron Ohio I was kind of thinking like a mid-size yeah like, I've never you know, been there but it seems like a good place <laughs> to wait it out. It's where LeBron James is from, so it's probably okay. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Someone told me that the other day. And I was like, why are, you, why are we talking about this? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, who's LeBron James? I don't <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was like, we weren't even talking about Ohio. <laughs> that is it. I, the other thing that, that it could be, you, you could be more likely to do it because you also fly more than most comedians. You leave the country. I... Yeah, I left the country in January. I have no plans to leave the country again anytime soon. Isn't your family in Europe? My mom's in London. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, that's and probably I'm, best. We're going to. I'm going to. I'm. I'm. I think I'm going to Los Angeles on Saturday. Oh, to, nice. To see her, and my brother. Your mom is flying from England to Los Angeles and not stopping here to see you. Well, I'm going to go there. That seems way out of the way. No, I was going there anyway. And then that thing I was going there for got canceled today. <laughs> <laughs> was it a comedy show? No, it was, it was some uh, some other event and uh, for my brother's company. And I was just like, oh, well, like, I'll still go. Like, I still want to hang out, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be warm there. It's going to be nice, you know? I like my family. I hang God, out with damn. them. Well, that's good. You're going to spread the corona from New York to Los Angeles via plane. Via I love plane. That. I, like, I like that. I think that's a good way to, I think it's an interesting way to spread it, you know? I hope the flight doesn't get canceled. A lot of flights are being canceled because yeah. no one's traveling. Right? Like, there are soccer teams in Italy that are playing games in empty stadiums. That's which is very funny. That's that's hilarious. Yeah. I would I would love to watch that's that on mic. TV. That's a funny Yeah. It's a, <laughs> they're doing the open mic of soccer. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's really it's not, funny. Like it's, it's, it means nothing if no one's watching it. Well, but you are can watch it on TV. It? Yeah, yeah, they are okay. broadcasting it. But that would be so weird. I've never watched sports where like the crowd is completely silent. Wouldn't that kind of freak you out? I'd want them to pump crowd noise in. Yeah. There have been games like that before. I don't know. I would, yeah, it'd be weird to go to. I'd like to go to it. I wouldn't like to watch it on TV. I'd like to be like the only person in the stands. Oh, yeah. That'd be fun <laughs> that, as hell. That'd be great. No, they let in Because like, you can just move seats yeah. and no one will tell you no. They let in like 35 different people. Everyone gets their own section. And that's as dense as they allow the stadium <laughs> to be. So they're like, it's like, too risky. Everyone stay apart. Yeah, you're like, even the guy, he's on the upper deck. He's like, why do I get these shitty seats? <laughs> There's so many open. There's so many down there. Next to the field. What am I doing? <laughs> oh my funny. god oh you can fill up the box seats one person per box seat you could do that that'd be nice but they don't contribute to crowd noise and also none of the box services are available <laughs> <laughs> no definitely none not. of the benefits of the box are there i had this thought actually uh bodegas might be a problem 
Because it's not the most sanitary every time. You get like a sandwich from a bodega. It's not like they're washing their hands every single time. It's just kind of like an unwritten rule of uh, New York that bodegas don't apply to the health standards that it takes for a restaurant. Um, so we're still on this coronavirus thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I thought but we if were... like one of them, like if one bodega sandwich maker gets corona um, and then yeah, it's, makes I mean, a shitload of sandwiches. But that's... Well, what's a shitload of sandwiches? First, I mean, I, I mean, they, a lot of people who make food, people in the service industry are already come to work sick with other stuff. That is true. So, like, eh. there's worse <laughs> ways to spread it. My anxiety is going to be really high after, after yeah, this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking out about germs. I, don't know, I think the I way wash my hands. I think spreading it on planes is interesting. I think because there's a lot of flights been canceled out of uh, London, out of. Italy and places like that. What's interesting is that you, it does make sense because even if you're booked on that flight, mm-hmm. they're not going to fly you if they can't make money. They're very, you know, because it's, they might. Yeah. Sometimes you get on a flight and it's like basically empty. Mm-hmm. But in general, love those. You get the whole row to yourself, fucking kickbacks, foot up on the seat. Yeah, you're like, this is a bed now. Yeah. It's not a good one. Yeah, for it's... the snacks that the other two people would have gotten. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, can I have for the whole row? Yeah, yeah. No, I'll take three cans of Coke and uh, six packs of Biscoff cookies. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting is that most planes, I was talking about this with my with my mom today because she was worried about her flight getting canceled, is that most flights, they can't make money. They don't make money mm-hmm. if it's 85%, 84% or less full. Like the threshold is usually about 85 around there. It's that high? It's that high. I'm shocked. How is Spirit Airlines flying people for $35 across the country? It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, besides you're flying in a plane from 1963. but Spirit uses new planes, dude. They do? People people give them shit. I mean, so why are they so cheap? Well, okay, the seats fucking suck. They're cheap because but... the new planes are so efficient. Oh, so got that's it. an it's an interesting market that's only just emerged recently with uh and I'm gonna say a lot of plain words and yeah. it's gonna sound silly. <laughs> <laughs> like wing and uh and nose. Turbulence. No, I'm gonna <laughs> Turbulence. Can I get that written down in yeah, definition? Yeah, can we have the origin of the word, please? Yeah. Um, your thesis, you're actually a doctoral student. Your thesis is on the effect of geese on international on flights. On, on just Sully's on flight. just Sully's flight. 150 page thesis. Oh, God. All I right, would, keep I, going. I'd Sorry, keep going. I'd do it. No, uh, in like in the last like 10 years, uh, a couple a couple planes have come out. Have been have started to, to to be delivered that have changed uh, low cost market because hmm. there's always been like low cost uh, regional airlines, especially in Europe. Yeah, um, like Ryanair. Yeah, Ryanair. I got a thirty-five. Yeah, thirty-five dollar flight from London exactly. to Norway one time. Like it's terrible, but it's fine. Like <laughs> yeah. it's cheap. It was like three hours. It's fine. And there's a number of factors that contribute to that. Like in Europe, there's no flyover fees. Like you, in, like here, if you fly from London to like. Uh, Los Angeles. If you fly over Canada, you got to pay Canada like thirty bucks per, per per person. Oh, really? I think it's per person. Whoa! But in Europe, it's all one. It's EU. It's all one kind of oh, common space. Probably not anymore, right? Well, not for with Britain, England. Not for yeah. Britain. Yeah. Fucking dummies. But so there's always been low cost <laughs> airlines like that there. But in like 2000, I want to say it was like 2010, Airbus 
announced the A320 A320 Neo family, which is like their same family of planes. A320 family has been decades, mm-hmm. decades old. But they're like, but these are, have new engines and a couple new things, and they're really, really efficient, hmm. and they go really far. And then Boeing were like, oh fuck, we need to do something. Yeah. And then it was those they came up with the 737 Max, which series, is the one that crashes, crashes right? Yeah. We'll get to that. But it, it, <laughs> but what those enabled were these new low cost international flights, like mm. long haul, like Norwegian. Right. Like Norwegian Airlines, they use like, yeah, they use like the 787, which is also very efficient. Uh, But they now, or they were using, before they got grounded, the 737 MAX series Mm -hmm. to fly transatlantic. Oh. It's like before those planes, they just didn't have the range and the the cost per seat to be able to do that, like smaller planes like that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, I know you're going to, you're going to bring up the 737 again but i love it quick tangent did you uh see the concept that air airbus made for the new style of plane that was built like a stealth fighter they always put dumb concept concepts it was uh this one apparently they were actually excited could work it's like a um they essentially like morph the wings into the body so it looks like a giant fucking triangle flying through the sky and it reduces a ton of drag and apparently it would increase fuel efficiency by like 40 percent or something like that that's interesting but the weird the the thing that was funny about all this is they like came out with this cool concept they were like you could sell tickets for like super cheap because uh because like normally airplane is just a tube and then wings but with the triangle Mm. you could put so many more people in the middle because now there's not empty space between the body and the wing. All oh, of that space yeah. can now hold seats, so you can have a lot more people can make a wider on midsection, a flight, kinda. right? And uh, the thing that everyone did was they were like, "Well, but then almost nobody gets a window seat." And you're like, "Shut the <laughs> Who cares? fuck up! Who cares? You just paid twenty five dollars for this transatlantic flight. Do you know how expensive jet fuel is. Oh Shut up about your window. God, it's like." Jesus, you don't need a window. There's nothing to look at. Most people fly with the window fucking down. <laughs> I I don't like a window seat. No, I'm an aisle I guy. I'm I like an to, aisle guy. But we're tall. We're, yeah. Like, we got to stretch that leg I out get and up then a lot. get run over by the snack cart. And, you know, it's a whole thing. I love getting my knee hit by the snack <laughs> cart. Oh, dude, it's That's the best. That's my favorite. Or, like, the, the uh, flight attendant whose butt is a little too big hitting you in the elbow every time she walks by. <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> that was my entire trip yeah. to Vancouver the last time I went. I I love seeing people with like their legs out or their knees out and they get hit by the cart mm-hmm. and then they look so annoyed. I'm like, you did that. <laughs> yeah. You right? can see how finite the aisle space yeah. is. Like that's your fault. If I would have if I were a flight attendant, I would speed up into that knee. I bet they do. I bet some I, of them do. I bet they do. I love it. I love I love like justice like that. Yeah. Like I want and I think I've said this on the podcast. I want the train conductors in New York City to just start swearing. Just being as <laughs> mean as possible to all these people just like get, get in the train. Get oh. in the goddamn train. We have a schedule. <laughs> just really letting them have it. Like <laughs> Hey lady with the blue hair. Get you know, the next train. Yeah, you know they need uh, they need who is it? John Travolta and the taking the remake of the taking of Pelham one two three. I they, have no idea. It was a horrible about. movie. Okay. It was a terrible. <laughs> the original was great. The remake. It was like they they 
it's it's not worth explaining. Is okay. <laughs> John Travolta was like the motor man of the train, and he would yell at people. It was but he was taking them as hostages, so it was a different situation. Oh, but yeah. we need that aggression. Yes, we'd be so much more efficient. Yeah, it was just mean. Just be mean. I want the doors be to mean. also be like sharp. Like when they're closing, <laughs> you better get the fuck out of the way or you're losing a finger. Door, doors <laughs> I want, don't. I want justice in they these reopen systems. Here. They you, would. They they'll reopen a lot in London. The tube. The doors don't reopen. Even, like if there's something blocking, it will just keep trying to shut. What do you mean keep trying? Because like sometimes it will just they'll keep like closing. Like if there's like a backpack like, or something, like a quick little open close thing. Like yeah. boop 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 boop. Because that's what I want. Like it, uh, no, it'll just keep. It'll just stay closed, like latched onto something. Pushing. Until it's uh, closed. But and see, then, then you get shit caught in there. You can't get it out and everything's worse. Yeah, like and that's worse. funny. It is kind of funny unless you're on the train and you're I, I was busy. On a, I was on a train in England once and uh, and a, there's, a dude got on the train and his buddy was still on the platform because they were going separate ways. Mm-hmm. He's like, all right, I'll see you later. And then the he, the door's closed and he goes, oh, fuck. Because uh, the dude on the platform still had his phone. Oh, shit. And so instead of being like, ah, shit, he just pulled the emergency brake and like hulked open the doors. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, all right, thanks, mate. And grabbed his phone. Wow. And then the train just didn't move because he pulled the brake. Yeah. It and takes the conductor like had to come through and was 15 like. 15 minutes to. The conductor was like, who did that? And he's like, oh, yeah, that was me. He's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Was there an emergency? He's like, no, I just had my phone. He's like. Like, he couldn't get mad. He was just like, oh, my God. He just lost faith in uh, In, people in general. Oh, my God, yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, that's... uh, But the 737... The 730... Back to the 737. Yeah, I told... Daniel Pearfriend, I was talking to him uh, today, and he, I was like, I was he doing- warned you this podcast is just brutal to do, right? Yeah. He was like, it's so boring. You sit in this hot ass room. <laughs> He's like, it's four and a half hours, and he cuts it to like twenty minutes. It's not worth it. <laughs> and it's just him talking, cut me out of it completely. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. He was like, "What's your topic?" And I was like, "I was gonna I was thinking I was gonna talk about plane crashes." He's like, "What are you not telling me that you're kind of an expert on?" I was like, "Oh no, I haven't been in one. I'm not interesting." Oh. That did, that thought didn't even occur to me that you might have been one of the cast members of Lost. That'd be cool. <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> That'd be so cool to be on like Sully's plane. Right. But I uh, no, I just know way too much about planes in general, and this I think is the best topic within Let's planes. Do it because yeah. it's boring to talk about like fuel efficient. What's we all we've been doing? Talk about, like <laughs> like this new you know nav system. People are like we don't care, but fiery explosions. Yeah, pretty neat. That's I how think. you bring the listeners in. Uh, so the seven thirty. So if you don't know, I'm sure you. Well, you know, I know you know somewhat that they two of them crashed uh-huh. in uh the last couple of years i did hear Pretty, about this yeah you did like one in africa and then one in like turkey right am i thinking of one something else ethiopia uh i forget where the other one was whatever it doesn't matter i think it was, maybe somewhere in east asia i forget and um so what happened with that is they one crashed and then the other crashed uh, in pretty quick succession, like only a couple months apart. And then the FAA in the States were just grounded, all of them. Yeah. And there's no other international organization as big as the FAA. Okay. And so all other countries kind of just look to the Americans for like, these planes aren't safe, that's right? That's their and first mistake. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's not well, a... They, yeah, kind of. Kind of. Because the FAA... We're not big on regulation at this point in our uh, well, country's the, history. The FAA are the ones they said they were safe to start with. Right. 
But they're all being paid by fucking Boeing. Oh, of course. Yeah. Because Boeing <laughs> said they were safe. Boeing were like, right. these are safe. And the FAA yeah, yeah. were like, we trust you. Right. Which is a mistake. That's mistake number two. Mistake number one <laughs> is other countries trusting us. Mistake number yeah. two was us trusting Boeing. So what happened is they were grounded. And then they still had lots of orders. And so they've been manufacturing these planes ever since. And they just have them in parking lots, like literal like employee parking lots. Like they're wow. like, you can't put your cars here anymore. We have planes to put here, and, <laughs> which is a great sentence. And they, <laughs> honey, a plane took my parking spot. I'm son of a bitch. I'm fucking enraged. The city's going to hell. And she's like, 350 people have died. <laughs> he's like, yeah, but see, you're probably going to lose your job. So I'm like, yeah, but you know, the parking nah, spot. Boeing will be fine. Boeing will be fine. They're the largest exporter. They're too big to fail. Um, yeah, they're like the banks. Yeah, well, they still got military contracts. They'll be fine. Yeah. But what's great so they grounded all those planes and uh <laughs> for the military they're just labeling them as the kamikaze the kamikaze division <laughs> really unuseful yeah we're just gonna slam passenger jets make into sure, our enemies bases make sure you take off right next to where you want to hit oh because is that wait is that how early they're crashing that's what both, i yeah that's I didn't a, know. both of them the lion okay. air and the ethiopian air they were that quick uh, because so what actually ha- this is going to sound this is going to be boring but what actually happened with it is so they made this new plane because in 2010 Airbus did their plane mm-hmm. and a bunch of airlines including like American which had never ordered Airbus before mm-hmm. ordered a bunch of Airbus planes and mm-hmm. Boeing was like oh fuck and and then American Airlines did some crazy ass move. They beat up a doctor. They beat up a doctor. <laughs> that was United, wasn't it? Was it? Oh I shit! I always get them mixed up. But American up. also beat up a doctor, and then. <laughs> but he wasn't Asian, so we didn't hear about but we it. Didn't hear about it. And it was in private. And right. <laughs> those first class beatings are—they don't make it back to us. That's what's beyond the curtain. They're the talk of every dinner party in it's a Upper fight Manhattan. Club beyond the curtain, and um, so American Airlines—they announced the order for their. Airbus planes. They're like, we're buying a hundred of these. Mm-hmm. And then they said, we're also announcing an order for the as of yet unannounced Boeing 737 re-engined plane. And Boeing were okay. like, what the fuck, man? We haven't announced a new plane. Oh. And they're like, yeah, but we think you will. And so Ooh. they really forced Boeing's hand in this because the 737 was getting super old. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, should we just make a different plane? And then... American did that. They were probably not going to make a new plane anyway, but American also just like pushed their hand a little more. Uh, and so they're like, okay. And so they announced the new plane, the seven, the 37 max series. And what was different about it is that it had new engines to make it more efficient hmm. and a new winglets to make it more efficient. But the new engines, it was big. The 737 is weirdly low to the ground because it's a very old design. Hmm. And so they're like, well, you don't have to use a ladder to fix it when the first one came out. And oh. that was like a big selling point. And then they all just stayed that low to the ground. Interesting. Uh, and so they couldn't fit like a new standard big engine. So they had to get a new shape of engine uh, to put it under. Yeah. And it was too big. So they had to move it higher up on the wing. And that sounds weird, but they had to move it higher, like physically higher up on the wing. Yeah. yeah. Which changed the aerodynamics. Huh. It changed in, in like a in that it would make the nose of the plane, the front of the plane, pitch up. 
kind of a little more than it would normally. Sounds like a sounds like it's better than making the nose of the plane pitch down. Well, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> now you're on to something. Okay. What they did to, to compensate for the nose pitching up from the new aerodynamics is they put out, uh, they made an MCAT system, which is uh, maneuver... Fuck, what is it? A maneuver uh, characteristics uh, maneuver altered, something like that. Some it's some abbreviation that uh, basically used sensors on the outside of the plane, mm-hmm. and when it got to a point where it thought the nose was too high, mm-hmm. it would uh, point the nose down. Hmm. What ended up happening with those two crashes is that that system malfunctioned, uh. and the sensors were feeding it incorrect data, and or the uh, system itself just missed. It just didn't do its job properly. And so when the plane was at like a pretty good angle of attack, like it was at like a steady rate of climb, the plane would just freak out and put it into a dive. Okay. And crash those two planes. <laughs> it's I'm sure you played Flight Simulator. Oh, yeah. That's how I played it like maybe four or five times. Mm. And every single time it was like up, 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 and then right back down. Like I didn't and even that's leave what it like. the airport. <laughs> it was just like whoop, whoop. I think the first one was a couple minutes after takeoff. The next one was like, I think it was both were under 15 minutes, I think. Wow. Maybe under 10, something like that. It was Man. because the plane would just get it wrong. But I feel like those sensors would actually be a pretty easy fix. It, it was the sensors and it was the software. And it was mostly... Mm. Can we blame Microsoft? We can blame American Airlines. Well, who built the software? Uh, some dude. I don't know. <laughs> Boeing, you know. Jim. <laughs> Damn it, Jim. Um, no, Boeing. So it was it was wild because they didn't tell the pilots that this new thing existed. Ah. And that was a huge selling point of the plane. Was that it might crash? Yeah. Okay. And they're like, you're going to get a lot of insurance money from uh-huh. this plane. Yeah, yeah. If you survive. If you, you'd be great. You, you got a payday coming um, your way. The big selling point was, and for all 737s ever, and there's decades of new ones, is that there's no new training required. Oh, uh, nice. And they okay. said, we haven't changed anything yeah. because there's no new. So That's therefore, an easy fucking sell. There's no new training. Yeah. Because it's so, do you know how fucking expensive it is to retrain? You got to take them yeah. out of work. Simulators cost almost as much as a plane. Right. And so you've got to either have one of those or buy time on someone else's. Okay. And because they said they uh, that you won't need new training, yeah. only like 30 of those exist. Wow. So now that they're being recertified and pilots have to go do training, they're scrambling to like buy time on the the scarce ones that exist. Gotcha. So that's why all those planes are like taking up parking lot spaces. It's because now nobody knows how to fly them. So Nobody's even if allowed they could, to. Right. But even if they could get it through, yeah, they wouldn't. Even, so nobody would thing, be approved to do it. Is that the so like the process now becomes once the FAA is like, okay, you've made all the fixes, but also in the meantime, since they grounded them, they found like twenty new things that are wrong. Oof. And they keep having the last week they found like debris in the fuel tanks because of the manufacturing just wasn't up to scratch. And they're like, Jeez. fucking what? Like, <laughs> so now once the yeah. FAA recertifies, then airlines have to like then retrain their pilots, then get the planes delivered to them. Oof. Man. Which Air, uh, Boeing still has to paint them. And then. <laughs> 
And, uh, I don't think they're worried about that. That's no, that's the biggest problem. Is, uh, like, oh fuck this. Well, page. Delta's flying with a plane that uh, says American on it, and we just Shit. won't have it. <laughs> and uh, and then airlines have to put them into their rotations, which sometimes they make years in advance, so these planes might not fly for a long time. Wow. And it really boils down to Airbus put out a new plane, and Boeing were like playing catch. They were just playing catch up. That's the problem with a uh, with a growth oriented economy i mean essentially it's like oh if you're not growing as a company you're failing as a company and boeing was like shit we got to keep growing so we got to keep announcing stuff we got to hurry this through and all this other i'll get into it in the next uh finance episode with with daniel but that is (laughs) coming back for another one he will eventually yeah he also we also want to talk about like space and like sci-fi shit like dyson spheres and stuff but a preview of a future episode i like that but uh but yeah no it really is like that is the problem that all these startups are having like uber and and we work and all of them is like people are like you have to continue growing otherwise you are going to fail as a company where like you can't just you can't say like no we're gonna we're gonna take some l's right here because in the long run it'll help nobody trusts it so if boeing is competing with airbus and they need their stock to keep going up they can't just sit there and tell their shareholders like hey chill out we got something in like 10 years because all the shareholders are trying to make money now they're trying to make money now and it's also a perfect duopoly i know that that, so like america it was really america it was all these airlines were like okay well we're just gonna buy the airbus plane because it's so much more efficient right and they're like oh god damn it now we've got to do our thing right and they just botched it they rushed it to market Mm -hmm. and uh what's interesting is that it's happened before sorry that's uh, i dropped the mic but it's happened before in uh with the dc-10s those guys, ah, long the DC ago. sends. Remi- I remi- remember them fondly. Yeah, when you were a boy. <laughs> yeah, you know, because you're like what, like 54? And At least. Yeah. Only on the inside. Yeah, on the outside. On yeah. the outside. Visually. 38. Yeah, but like a good 38. <laughs> yeah, an attractive 38. Yeah. I'd be great looking for 40. Oh my god. <laughs> be a god for 40. But... I know. Still single, available. <laughs> this is an ad for. You. Match.com. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My uh, my Match.com is Match.com backslash Corey Tyndall. Uh, go look it up. And so it's at, the DC-10s were rushed to market, and uh, they had a lot of problems. And uh, it's the same thing. And what's the both interesting is that the DC-10 was very under... Uh, sophisticated. It was just like an old plane mm-hmm. when it was new. Yeah. And so it had a lot of problems like that. And uh, and then the 737 was too complicated and they didn't tell anyone. Ah. Uh, not a winning combination. No. It's really tough. Which, like, you know, bringing it back to the economy. That's what happens when you have a complete uh, oligopoly. Yeah. It's just like they're, they're just competing with each other. You can't really get in there and, and quote, unquote, punish any air uh, well i guess in this case the manufacturer but the same as with with airlines like i had a i had a theory a couple uh like when bernie sanders was getting popular in 2016 and i still like believed in what he was saying the uh how naive you were i know hindsight uh no i don't care <laughs> no, no i know um no but the 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 theory was that with the internet if you could organize that literally every person would just say, all right, for this month, nobody's flying American until they bring their prices down. 
and then just cut their cut their profits in half they would have to respond it's essentially populist Here, price gouging here's the thing with that these companies and then like delta like less people would have to fly because there would be so much demand on uh united and and delta and all these other things but after a month you go like all right delta you're fucking next if you don't bring your prices down well here's the thing about that you raise a, a really you, it's an interesting point and i'm gonna totally negate it okay. and uh, love it and prove you wrong yes is that airlines can't survive for yeah. longer than about a week of no income. So airlines are like the most fragile companies. Sounds like they'll respond quickly to my theory. They will. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe within minutes. <laughs> probably. You post when it do we just start threatening companies? As soon as you post it, they'll probably kill you. Like yeah. that's their move. Uh, uh, you know, that'd be worth it. So there's been... It's, my parents to take cheap flights down to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> What's been crazy is in the last like few years, there's there have been a number of high-profile airline collapses with no warning. Yeah, who was the last one? The last big one was Thomas Cook in uh, in. They're based out of Britain. But not it, the it, one I was thinking of, but were you thinking of like Wow Air or someone? Like maybe. I thought it was. They're Norwegian. I think Norwegian actually. Well, uh, wow Air was, was Icelandic. Norwegian still 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 ticking away. Oh, anyway, um, go on. But Thomas Cook, they basically they just they just collapsed and they in minutes canceled all their flights and yeah. just left thousands of people stranded yeah because they're like well we can't pay anyone so we're not gonna fly yeah and so if you stop giving them money even for like a day that probably kill them. it depends when in the year too so like mm. airlines make their most profit in the summer and really so, not the holiday time no definitely summer because everyone oh, okay. people are traveling all right a lot more in the summer sure uh, around the holidays, I wouldn't little, have guessed. I'll believe there's you. A, there's a pop around the holidays, but it's mostly the summer because people are traveling, mm. vacations and stuff. And uh, in the winter, a lot of airlines will collapse, and especially in the spring because airlines won't have survived the winter. Mm. And uh, they're like an animal. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw this on Planet Earth. Actually, <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's a David <laughs> Attenborough documentary. Yeah, the mama plane was carrying around her baby planes and just couldn't make and it. And just couldn't make it. Yeah, and sad got, story. Got too cold. Yep. <laughs> and so That's so stupid. I like it because I'm not making this podcast funny. You, you someone, <laughs> someone's got it. Um, the only person, the only airline really doing doing good all year round is Qantas. Which is the Australian they're airline? They're oh. the Australian carrier because it's summer. Uh, they ca- they cater to summer markets all year round because they're in the southern hemisphere. Oh yeah, they cater to people coming and, from the northern to the southern during the northern winter, mm-hmm. and the other way around in the uh, southern winter. And all of their flights are over a thousand dollars, and on uh, giant yeah, I mean, planes where you could get a lot more money out of uh, yeah. out of each person. I mean, giant planes are kind of gone now. A380s, they stopped making them. How come? No one's making money with them. Why? Can't fill them. Oh, got it. Yeah, that makes sense. I was going to say, if you could fill it, then you're going to make way more money on the margin. You can fill it, sure, but um, which is kind of like the 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 spoke model of of it is like people. The A380 was really based on the theory that people will connect. And uh, take a like, connecting flight. So, like, they'll go from, oh, like... Oh, I thought you meant, like, sit on the plane and connect no. with their neighbors. No. And I was like, yeah, no, that was no, the dumbest that was theory that, that a dumb idea. any businessman has ever had in his entire life. It was really basic. 
<laughs> These people will like each other. Yeah. Everyone's going on vacation together. It's it was, like a tour group. It was based on the idea that people will go from like, um, and this isn't my example, but they'll go from like, uh, like, like somewhere in Connecticut mm. and they'll fly to like New York City to then take an international flight. Got it. And then Boeing were like, that is stupid. People will fly from Connecticut to wherever they want to go. And that turned out to be the way. That turned out to mm. be how most people want to travel. And so they made smaller, more efficient planes like the 787 and the 737 MAX. And uh, that turned out to be more popular or more and profitable. more deadly. A little bit more deadly. <laughs> just, you know, just a little. Just I'd, I'd take a higher risk of death for $20 off my flight. I don't. Yeah. Sure. Well, how much is that? well? It depends how much. What a percentage yeah. of twenty dollars? If it's a thousand dollar flight and you're like it's twenty bucks, I'm like I'm, I'd rather just pay. That's this. true. But if it's a forty dollar flight and it's now twenty, yeah, all right. I mean, that's a lot of bodega sandwiches. <laughs> you get coronavirus. Two sandwich. Yeah, yeah. Right. Either way, we're all gonna die. That's the point of this. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't. It's cool. It's um. So I, I have a question for you. Why yeah. are you so obsessed with? That's a very good question. Plane Corey. crashes. I, I've always liked I have uh, I've always liked planes and I have an extensive knowledge of of, of, of a limited extensive knowledge of planes <laughs> and uh, this is just I think it's an interesting facet because it's like people always are freaked out by them but they're so rare mm-hmm. like you are so much more likely to get hit or like killed just walking down the street right. That's about like but a, that's a. I think that's a control thing. Like people, when you get in a sure. plane, you're you're one hundred percent giving up control. Yeah. Where like if you're driving or you're driving with one of your friends or you're walking down the road, like everyone, you know what's everyone going on. thinks that they would be able to handle the situation because yeah. it's themselves. Which you know, I just think- is not true, but it, uh, <laughs> <laughs> evolutionarily has worked out pretty well for us. That's true. It's kept us out of dangerous situations. Yeah, I think planes are. I think it's neat. I think uh, the economics of it really interests me. Like how airlines just collapse. Mm-hmm. Like when Quanta, when uh, uh, not Quanta, when Thomas Cook collapsed, the only people making money off of that were the charter companies. Hmm. And so what happened was that is like the UK government had to charter a ton of planes to get their citizens home. And so like charter companies are just raking it in, really. Like yeah. America just chartered a bunch of planes to get people out of uh, uh, Wuhan and out of Japan because uh, of the virus. Right. And so charter companies, they're like, cool. We like this. You yeah, know? for sure. We lease Free these money. planes. We don't care. <laughs> they like, just created demand right there. Yeah. Like the coronavirus created demand and American was like, We'll take that. Thank you. It's such a fragile industry. Yeah. That if like a couple things hit, like if planes are grounded or if if fuel runs into limited supply, I want to say it's Southwest, but there's only like one or two airlines in the States that would last longer than like a week. Yeah, but on, at the same... On, like on their reserves. At the same time, though, it's, it's like saying the banks are fragile. Which sure. they are, but what would like... If there was another version of 2008 with the banks that happened with the airline industry, the government would bail them out almost immediately. Like Not all of them. Not all of them, sure. The, um, I think the most vital ones, the strategic ones, I mean, uh, the government already subsidizes a lot of flights. Well, yeah. Every, every one of those uh, major industries is yeah. super subsidized. Um, Airports as well. 
Yeah, you have to. Mostly subsidized in right. the states. Because otherwise nobody would pay for it. Like the airlines yeah. don't want to pay. Well, everyone's like Delta owns I mean, the airline, LaGuardia. Yeah. And that is worth it for them because LaGuardia has so many flights coming out of it. But like, but like Heathrow, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yeah. No, not he, big enough that no. any airline would take on that price. The government has to say like, hey, no, we need more than one international yeah. air, airport in the state of Michigan because yeah. there's 10 million people there. Um, Heathrow is a private company in London. Oh. And they make a ton of money. Oh, yeah. Um, but then they also spend a ton of money. They're right. like adding a third runway, and they have to give people a lot of money so they can demolish their homes. Oh. So. Interesting. You know, it's a, I don't know. It's always, a, it's a thing that's always like kind of interested me. And I just watch those like aircraft shows on like Nat Geo or something. Those are cool. So are you excited about the, uh, in the same way, the idea of space tourism? Like space flights? No. Why not? I don't. That to me is way more exciting than just like your average pedestrian plane crash. You know, your everyday plane crash. Oh, I think crash. a disaster in one of those would be neat. But I think, uh, <laughs> I think it's such a thing. Like they're currently like well, like a quarter million dollars to have five minutes of weightlessness. No, 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 no. I think I think SpaceX is like trying to make like four or five day trips. SpaceX like, aren't doing really much commercial, not much consumer. Not right now, but the the plan is for them yeah, to like start ownership, making money but... where they would do well. So their whole their whole business model is based off the idea that they can reuse the rocket. So if you can reuse sure. a rocket, all of a sudden, space travel becomes like literally twenty or thirty times cheaper. But like, because you just need the fuel and the fuel containers. But Virgin Galactic, I think, is the kind of the clo- they're the closest to like right. proper consumer. They're market. doing it right now, they're, they're and that's this like year. the five minute one. That's like the five, minute, which I think is silly. I think, I think it it's cool. Too. Yeah, but if I'm going to space, I'd want to do like the moon. Who was that band that shot a music video in that Virgin uh, Galactic? No, it wasn't on that. It was. Uh, are you thinking? Of, are you thinking of OK Go? Yes, I the, am. Uh, upside down and inside out video. Fucking love that video. So what? <laughs> how it was actually done? It was filmed on uh, on the uh, the the. Uh, well, describe what it is for a second. So it's a music video that's filmed and it's it's filmed inside a, a zero gravity simulating plane in Russia. And so Russia, there's this company that basically what they do is they uh, they climb really high in the plane and then they turn the engines off and then they dive for like a couple for like a minute and wow. then that creates like this weightless feeling. And like simulates weightlessness. So it's like skydiving in the plane. Yeah. Wow, and then you're shit. and then when they go back up, it's like double gravity. Like or like not quite. <laughs> yeah. But it has to be a slow ascent again. But it's very cool. Like it's like the video is really cool because they got like balloons filled with paint. And yeah. then the paint like floats around. It's I thought neat. I remember that, but I wasn't gonna I thought maybe that was so that was the band is okay go and the song is I think what? it's upside down and inside out. Okay. All right, people can go look it up later. But what I was saying they about They make great videos. They do. Their music is fine. Yeah, I've never been a fan. <laughs> but... Their videos are the best part about the band. They have They're other very mid two thousands. They have very very good videos. Yeah. Um, but anyway, what I was saying about SpaceX is they're they're thinking about doing like low orbit space tourism where you could take a rocket up there and because it's so much cheaper because they can reuse it. The idea is you yeah. would stay up there for like three to five days, which is enough time that you like you get it. But also like it's not enough time that uh, any of the adverse side effects of like traveling to space are really going like to happen being like, like station for a bone year degeneration and, and radiation. Muscle. And yeah, exactly like that. Um, but 
what do you think when when the first one of those crashes do you see that becoming like the i guess i guess what is the lifespan of like how what's the runway how many successfully do they have to do before the first one crashes before people are like hell no not doing that uh i want to i want to say it's like a lot but because it's mostly like the super rich who are doing it i bet a lot of those people will be like that sucks let's do it again like <laughs> they'll be like that sucks that those other rich people died but yeah. i'm not going to business you know? enemies are going to start buying each other the trip <laughs> oh i got They're you like, this i ticket. got you yeah. this gift yeah <laughs> well, no go have a good have a good time have a good you know it's interesting because like you can kind of draw a comparison to when people were just starting to like cross the open ocean in yeah. like trying to get to America and trying to get to India for like spices and and whatnot. But what's interesting is that it's not the it's like a weird thing when people started traversing the ocean. Mm-hmm. It'd be a lot of people. And then it grew to a lot of mean? people. It it'd be on a boat. It'd be like Oh a, yeah. It'd be like, you know, dozens at first, and then hundreds and then thousands. Right. And then planes were started out that low yeah and now it's hundreds on a flight and i feel like space it's going to take so long to get it past like four people but i feel like it's it's naturally going to happen like picture picture like how many people who are just really dumb took off from portugal in like a canoe and they were like we're yeah. gonna see how far we can go and then they just they ate just it died. they just yeah. got eaten out there or they died of sun poisoning or like literally I, there's I a multitude of ways yeah. but then all of a sudden like getting across the ocean wasn't a problem pretty soon thereafter where's like i feel like space market? travel is going to be close to that where's the market for space travel well the market people for... have to go between destinations like right. i have to like if i have to like fly somewhere for something i'm yeah. gonna go there it's resources it's re- but like what am i going to space for well that's a vacation the moon's got a ton of resources on it and so does mars sure so that's the i the initial idea not, is like that's not consumer travel uh, no definitely not it always but it it's not like no no people were not crossing the atlantic on vacation right when they started right when it was like available it was always like merchant ships like it's the government for a while yeah. and then it's merchant ships and then once the merchant ships have like a hundred percent success rate then it's uh, so spacex u- right now is building in it. the future version of a merchant ship they're but like then gonna, when is it going to become I, I just i don't see there's utility in going for not going for resources like if i'm just gonna go because i want to go look at the earth i mean like neat like i'd do it if someone gave me the opportunity but i don't think a lot enough people will to make it a viable market do you have a different feeling about just like visiting the caribbean or like south america i I mean a lot of people go there right a lot of people live there already. If I could that's take, a benefit. Is if, that a well, lot of people are already yeah. there. Right. No one's already there. But my point is when space. they first started, uh, when like Spain and France and England started sending explorers over there, they didn't know anyone lived over there. Well, actually, they thought that they could get to India and it'd be a shorter 
Yeah, way. they weren't good at it. But uh, but that again, getting to India was for resources. That was yeah. for spices. That was to to connect over there. And then when they found all this land, they were like, "Oh shit, there's like gold here. There's gems. There's a ton of trees." Because like Europe doesn't really have any trees left. They cut them all down. <laughs> they needed the lumber for real. That God, was like part of it. And then trees. He got all those. So the the point of like SpaceX is the like. You you get to the point where you can reach a low Earth orbit, which people do all the time. That's how we get satellites up there. It literally like satellites yeah. are going up and down Military all does the time, right? Know. Exactly. So you get to the we're at the point where that's pretty safe. So then you start doing consumer trips to low Earth orbit, and then eventually you get uh, get going to the moon to become a pretty common travel distance. Even if it's and common, then it's you still start like, a, like going over still there. Like a week's and, journey to get out there. I think the moon's like six days, five, six days. I mean, which when, like, Saturn, when like Apollo missions did it, it was like, I want to say it's like six or seven days. Yeah. I bet we're a little faster now. Probably not much. Well, I mean, just the, well, no, that's a good point. I guess it depends like how efficient our, uh, our rockets are and how much fuel they can actually bring. Cause it's, space. you also have to bring all this fuel with you. That's true. Well, that's, that's the initial point of, building a moon base is that if you can refuel yeah the gravity is so much lower and it takes almost no fuel to get off of the moon so then you yeah. could if you could fuel up on the moon you could get to jupiter and back well, without how, like, real really big problems depending on where the orbit is but um yeah. the you know people smarter than me have got that all figured out i think no one's smarter than you Corey. Oh boy! Oh, oh geez, you outed me. Oh, I am the expert. This podcast you is kind talking of, about. Yeah, <laughs> ah, you, know, ah. you got it. Uh-huh. Um, um, no, that's just, okay. So uh, back to back to plane crashes because yeah, you I, obviously don't know shit about space travel. I don't care enough about it. I know. What is the so? What are historically the main reasons for space travel? Like how long for, gone for, for, plane, sorry, crashes? for plane crashes? <laughs> for, I'm still on space travel. Uh, I know you don't care, but I'm keeping this going. Um, <laughs> what are like how? When was the last time it was like human error that pla- that crashed a plane outside of like an attack, like an intentional attack? Intentional, yeah. Intentional human, like deliberate. There's been a couple. Like um, pilot was drunk and he slammed somebody into the side of a mountain. Like like big so, crash. I'm not talking like little yeah, passenger. Like those happen all the time. Uh, but, yeah, right. Uh, so I think the the last one, the last one where it's still inconclusive that the captain did this. And also, by the way, I think we it's, can't ask him because he's dead. He's dead. I think it's silly that they're called captains. Why? Because that's not a thing. Pan Am started that as like a bit. And then it just stuck for all the airlines. Wow. Pan Am named their planes like people named boats. And then they gave their pilots like Navy uniforms. And they're like, you're a captain. And then he's like, all right. And, you know, is your captain speaking? And that just became how it happened. I think that's silly. But um, and uh, I, I, I bet you'll remember this one. Uh, MH370. Ah, fondly again. That's, wow, you're bringing up all my best memories. Hit after hit, you I know? know. This. Um, <laughs> that one, and it's still 
it's undetermined right now. It's still inconclusive because they haven't found uh, much of the debris. They haven't found the black boxes. Even if they do, they've been at the seafloor so long that it'd probably be broken. Yeah, wait. Give me the details. Where so did what this happened? happen? So MH370 was a flight, if you don't know, it took off in uh, it was March of 2014. Mm-hmm. So about almost six years Okay. Uh, now. And um, it vanished. And people didn't know what happened to it. And we still haven't found it. We found a couple parts of it, a couple mm. pieces. Yeah. And it was, they could, for years, investigators were like, what the fuck happened? And the best kind of composite of all of this, all of the data they have gathered is that the captain, the best guess, and it's still hard to say, is that the captain uh, deliberately changed the flight course and crashed the plane. Hmm. And... That evidence is based on the fact that the ca- a key piece of evidence is military radar data from Malaysia. So they were they were looking at so this plane they were as it, it was going, and it took a hard left. And it they did were take like, a hard left, and then <laughs> even more. So it's basically, and this is going to be hard to say on a podcast. It was going like it's, if you're looking at, if you're looking at a map, it's going like up and to the right, mm. and then. It uh, signed off. It was like, all right, the air traffic controllers were like, all right, switch over to Vietnam air traffic control. And they're like, cool, we will. And then uh-huh. they didn't. And then they just made a hard left back into Malaysia and uh, went past Malaysia down. If you're looking at a map again, it's like uh, uh, down to the left. And then it seems like they crashed into the Indian Ocean. And why would they? So no, no, why wouldn't they just crash as soon as they signed off? Why would they head back? Uh, I think he wanted to go there. I don't know why. Maybe just to pass over his country again, hmm. the the pilot. Because um, also, a lot of this uh, took years to come out because the Malaysian government didn't want to release any of the military data. Right. Not just because it's military data, but because being a pilot in Malaysia is still like, the, like a very big deal. Like yeah. they're very respected and mm-hmm. they're very like high caliber of person Unlike there. Unlike U.S. pilots where like when they're they greeting like you. They get paid like 30 grand. Right. When they're greeting you off the plane, you slap them in the face and yeah. you're like, there was too much turbulence. And then you walk away. And you go later, douche. And then yeah. you keep walking. Yeah, that's how. Exactly. They need to learn their lesson. That's how I leave a plane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, thanks, <laughs> Captain. A- you got your nice little costume on, yeah. you fucking nerd. Kick him in the shin, take his lunch money, and then. Uh, yeah. Go to the Chick-fil-A in the airport with it. <laughs> Love an airport Chick-fil-A. It is the best airport food. Yeah. Um, um, so, interesting. Okay. And there's a great piece of evidence that people are like, this is inconclusive. And I'm like, what? Um, is that the, <laughs> the captain had a flight simulator at home, quite a sophisticated one. Uh-huh. And he would do flights on it. Uh-huh. And when he would do flights on it, he would run it in real time. So he wouldn't like just do takeoff and landing uh-huh. like he was practicing. Yeah, yeah. It was, if he'd it was just a, sit in the chair for nine hours at a time. If it was an eight-hour flight, he'd let it run Whoa. eight hours. Wow. Get Whether that guy or not he sat hobby. there or not, whatever. Jesus. But, uh, you know, he did it. And then like the last, uh, they had all those records on his computer. And then the last like record from the flight simulator is him um, doing basically the uh, exact same flight course that the plane did. And he also skipped around a lot. He didn't let it run in real time. Hmm. And so people are like, yeah, dude, like, that's pretty good evidence. <laughs> like, people are like, it's inconclusive. I'm like, what? The, that's so clear. <laughs> yeah, I mean. That, like, he went, what a, like, a specifically bananas route. Yeah. Like, and that, I don't know. It seems pretty clear to mm. me. I All right. Well, you are I'm the expert. I'm convinced. All um, right. 
So we got time for uh, we have uh, yeah three minutes left. Three what minutes. can you tell me about the Bermuda Triangle? What's Literally going on there? Nothing wrong. <laughs> what? I don't know. It's like what do you mean nothing pressure wrong? and stuff. I don't care. Bermuda, Bermuda Triangle is boring. I what do, do you mean run... it's boring? It is. All right. None of the best hits have been there. Fine. I want to run through quickly some of the best hits. Okay. Uh, all the DC 10s. Great. Um, the most famous of which, <laughs> and I think this is, it's a terrible disaster. And it's like the worst aviation disaster in He's American history. He's got this history. written on his phone for people listening. Is, uh, it was in, in 79 and it was in Chicago. Is they're taking off. And the so a DC-10 has three engines, one on the left and the right wing, and then one in the back. Mm. And the left engine just fucking ripped off. Whoa. Just fell off. And it uh, went up and over the wing, and it tore the hydraulic lines. Okay. And so it, it really fucked the whole thing. Because basically what happened was, uh, and I don't mean to, to laugh, but I think it's silly, is... Um, <laughs> Is it cut the hydraulic lines retracting the left wing's slats, which is like helped lift. Mm-hmm. It helps it get the plane yeah, get yeah. lift. And it locked out the right wing's slats and flaps, which help it get lift. Uh-huh. So basically, there's no lift on the left side, a lot more lift than there should be on the right side, <laughs> and no power on the left side, and a lot more power on there should be on the right side. And the plane basically just like went up oh, and then just went <laughs> like... Just barrel rolled. Just barrel rolled, and it crashed very quickly after <laughs> oh, taking off. That sounds bad. Great hit. Second one. Um, How many we got here? We got like two. Uh, uh, Two more? Yeah. All right, run them. Very quick. Got them. Let's go. Concord, great one. Uh, Remember the Concord crash? No. It was 2000. Oh, wait, uh, yes, my favorite one. Keep going. Yeah, it was the best. It's also a silly one because a strip of metal... A strip of metal fell off of a DC-10. It's always a DC-10 that had just taken off uh, on the same runway. It fell off it. And then the Concorde was taking off, and then that strip of metal got like spun up uh, by the wheel, and it hit the fuel tank, and it like exploded. It caught the plane on fire, and then it exploded very quickly. It was very, nice. There's a good video of it. The last one Ooh. is, uh, and then that's why Concorde ended. And uh, oh, interesting, partly. And um, <laughs> that's for another episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just fuel cost. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. The last one, and it's crazy, and it's still the worst aviation disaster to date. Nine eleven. The, the only plane people like uh, <laughs> got it okay keep going um, is uh, Tenerife okay and it was in 77 and it's a just uh, there's lots of metaphors here to be made about like uh, stubbornness and impatience uh, but I'm not gonna make them and uh, is basically <laughs> we'll leave that for the listener yeah is uh, there's these two 747s like big planes mm-hmm. and there are share, there's one runway they both had to divert for some reason in Tenerife to a different smaller airport it's weather related and there's no taxiway so one's at the at the end of the runway waiting to take off the other is at the other end of the runway using that runway as like a road like a taxiway to get down so okay. and then it can join the line right. to take off mm-hmm. and then the plane that was already waiting it was KLM just was like fuck it we're going and then Pan Am, who were still on the runway, were like, we're still here. <laughs> and they're like, we don't care. And then they crash. And then a lot of people died. Wow. About five. Yeah. About 580 something people died. That's tough. A lot of, yeah. The metaphors there to be made about, uh, about stubbornness and, uh, you, you know, draw your own conclusions. Well, yes. And I think if I learned one thing from this podcast, it's that uh, plane crashes are silly. They're very silly. I think they're very silly. They just didn't tell the pilots this new system existed, and then all those Boeing planes crash. Oh, my God. And it cost them, like, it's so far, it's like $10 billion. Good. 
it's Fuck so em. funny Fuck them all right cool we got a dip thank you for doing this, this yeah i don't know if this fun. was funny uh, no no this was fun i was i was interested i had a good right. time all right bye <laughs>